Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sorry. Last forever. I'm in love with a stripper. She bobbing, she rolling, she bowling, she riding that ball. And I'm in love with a stripper. Me, I'm a bearded, ugly looking dude, and she's a fine mama. You gotta always protect the McNuggets. Yup, in my white tee. Yup, in my white tee. All in the club. Shum Patron in my white tee. You know, she don't want to pop lock and drop it. She never wants to do that. Money in the bank, Shorty, what you drank. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. What's up, Contra? Hey, hey, what's up, Contra? He's coming on down to Austin. We got him some custom boots. We got him a custom or a burnt orange jacket, a can of chewing tobacco, and he gonna come down on your Alton. Ricola. You know, DJ, go DJ. If that's my DJ, go DJ. Like the guy said, you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crack thunder. Down there and got a mocha loca, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, I just heard my wife yell to my son, Get out of the trash. Well, that's not good. This is Rudy Poo, y'all. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Oh my god, let's go! Yippee! And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Boy, we got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a jam-packed show, so we're going to try to get everything in that we can, but this is going to be a big one. We got a lot to talk about. LSU uh, weekend recap. I know some of you watched our show from Saturday talking about the Title IX investigation. Uh, We will talk about that. I will have a little Rafino's rant uh, coming on uh, that one as well. Some local media are still getting it wrong. So I'm going to hit that with a little bit of a rant. It, you know, look, everybody comes to these shows and, and, and they want to hear people's takes, but sometimes takes go overboard for someone's agenda. We will talk about that as well. Before we came on, before we came on, Dak Prescott, the Louisiana native, signed a huge contract with the Dallas Cowboys. That's great. Uh, $66 million signing bonus, which is the biggest in NFL history. Glad that Dak, the Louisiana kid, was able to get that. We might touch on that with Ryan Leaf, who's going to be joining us. Former second overall pick, Mr. Ryan Leaf from the RDL show, is going to be joining us. Want to talk to him about some LSU guys. Want to talk to him about Trevor Lawrence, uh, Russell Wilson, possibly to the Saints. Now that the Cowboys have signed Dak Prescott, what will that look like as well? So... Mickey Loomis is making moves and taking names. He doesn't really care what anybody says. Uh, but And as always, we will do the hashtag ask Blake and are the Saints gearing up? What are they really gearing up for? Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that with, with Ryan as well. Uh, Dylan Landry on Facebook Live says, let's go. Danny Krantz says, let's go. Shannon, Colin, Tim Graves all say this low and that this should be a good one. Oh, it's going to be good. Because right after the, the the ad read, we're going. It's it's Rafino's rant time. I I think I, I think someone needs to tee off on these broody poos. Like I, I really think somebody needs to tee off because everybody has their own agenda. Sometimes I might have my own agenda, like everybody that's watching the show or listening to the podcast that is sponsored uh, by eBay with our good partners over at Believe Podcast. When everybody goes to YouTube and hits that subscribe button, like I have that agenda. 
We're going to get to it, though. I promise you we're going to get to it. Mark says, yo, 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 what's happening, Mark? Ryan says, we're alive. Jacob says, can't wait for this rant. Okay, so we'll, we will get to that. But before we get to that, guys, as always, we got to talk to you about our good friends over at GM Varnado and Sons. GM Varnado and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire repair, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard, Denham Springs, Louisiana. And for our, I mean, these guys are just killing and girls are killing it. Uh, at your home team, go to team.kw.com. If you live on the North Shore and you're looking for a new home, team.kw.com. Meet with one of their great real estate agents today. And if you tell them Blake Rafino sent you, I know that they will give you a special offer. That's 985-467-7355. 985-467-7355. And tell them your friend Blake Rafino sent you on by. Uh, Richie Roche, who's also a sponsor of AYS, we will get to right before we get Mr. Ryan Leaf on. Says, I'm ready to see what the Saints come up with. Hopefully, Russell Wilson. We're going to talk about that with, with Ryan, uh, Ryan Leaf, who's got a lot of connections inside the NFL, works with Sirius XM, NFL Network. He's really connected into the NFL. I really want to ask him what he's thinking about Russell Wilson. Will he stay or will he go? That's definitely a question that we're going to uh that we're going to get into. But however, we gotta get into this because I don't I kind of want to move past a little bit of the of the Title IX stuff, right? And so today I feel like today we have to address it again, but today I kind of want it to be over with. But the reason that we as my son's screaming in the other room because he hates bad time, but the reason that we have to touch on this is because there are other people's from other other people from other shows who sometimes give false information. Let me give an example. If you're in the camp, the really Rudy Poo camp of fire Ed Orgeron because of what happened in 2017 in this Title IX investigation, you might want to reevaluate what exactly it is that you're spewing off at the mouth. Here's why. Because in that Title IX investigation, it complicitly showed, since you like the word complicit, it complicitly showed that Edwards Ron, when dealt with sexual allegations, gave it over to the Title IX investigation unit for its handling that was then investigated or sometimes, which is LSU's fault, not investigated. So there is some parts of this that LSU had a wrongdoing in. Let's not act like LSU is just rosy in all of this because they're not. But if you want to be in the camp that says fire Ed Orgeron, That tells me two things. And for every LSU fan that's out there should tell you two things. Number one, that they didn't read the Title IX investigation. They probably heard it on YouTube or Facebook Live. Just like me and you did. And they didn't read the investigation thoroughly enough to give a good conclusion of what it is that they think needs to happen. Now, I'm not going to come on my show and, and call for people's jobs. If other people want to do that, that's up to them. If you want to call for Verge Osbury's job, you want to call for Miriam uh, Miriam's job, so be it. But I'm not going to do that because 
I still want to get through parts of this investigation, and I fully don't believe that this investigation is completely over as my son's screaming. But I don't think it's completely over. If you're going to have a take and you're going to say everything that some of these guys are saying on their radio shows or on their podcast, you better have the documentation in front of you and you better have read the documentation instead of listening to what some people, you know, look, I can pull this right here. I can, I'll just grab a sheet of paper, but I can pull a sheet of paper out, paper out and take one paragraph out of context for my own agenda and my own biases. Don't be that individual. Don't be that guy that goes out there and wants to fit his agenda because he doesn't want Ed Orgeron to be the head coach of LSU. If you have your own personal agenda, that's fine. Do it elsewhere. This is not the time to make jokes or, or, or ramble about something that you have not, that quite honestly, you don't know. Also, number two. If you are going to say fire Ed Orgeron you, for the Darius Geis situation, okay, then you better say fire Scott Woodward. Then you better say fire Virg Osberry, Merriam, and you better say, for the love of God, to fire individuals that were at Catholic High. Because this was not a one-time situation with Darius Geis. The things that happened, yes, on women, International Women's Day, some of these things are appalling. Some of these things are atrocious and should have never happened. And you know that I'm going to call out LSU like I'll call out anybody, but sometimes we have to take a step back. Sometimes we have to take a step back and actually read what's going on. Ed Orsron's not to completely blame for any of this. If an investigation happened, let me ask all of you this. If an investigation happens... Whether right, wrong, or indifferent, and no charges are brought, what do you want the head coach to do? So if you also are saying that Ed Orsron should be fired, that means that you want Ed Orsron's staff to investigate sexual assaults, domestic abuses, all of those kinds of things. Head coaches, it shouldn't be on them. Because, number one, he's not an investigator. That's that's the point where it you know what are you serious sports is about. We don't have the agenda where we have to hold. I have to hold my tongue because I work for somebody. This is us. This is what we do. So if you are hearing and you continue to hear Ed Orgeron should be fired, you better. And I mean, you better come with some more documentation other than it's what you believe and it's what you think, regardless of what documentation says. Cedric asked, what, uh, what did I miss? There are some local individuals. You know, if you watch the Saturday show, I named it and I named the individual that was saying it. But if people are going on the radio shows saying, number one, that they knew about Les Miles, that... It, 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 in and of itself is is kind of baffling to me, right? Um, it's just kind of baffling. What do you mean you knew? Well, we knew that some of this kind of stuff was going on. What do you seriously? That you know when people say, 
Oh, I knew. It makes sometimes it makes me feel like they're trying to come out here and say, I knew and I was in the inner circle. Oh, I was in the inner circle and knew what less what was going on with less. So we'll see. But LSU did have a big weekend, and I, I wanted to be honest. Uh, that that just needs to be out in the open, and that needs to be clear of what's going on. Nobody gets a pass with that, y'all. Uh, Jamar says, ask Blake, what do you think about John Randall uh, Belton hire, the new director of scouting for LSU football? I actually like that hire. Do Be- Randall was a um, really good quarterback, I believe, at West Monroe. Dude was extremely talented. Has a good eye for talent. Um, I think it's a good hire. Look, you have... Um, Jeff Martin that's going to USC, I think it's a fantastic hire. I think that he is really connected to North Louisiana and, and Louisiana schools. So I, I like it. Uh, Nick Gidry says, Ryan Leaf is a really good guy with great insight. Yeah, I like Ryan. And he has his own show now. We're going to be able to bring him on. Uh, Brian Vitor says, great show, Blake. I'm so bummed out about the negative stuff with LSU. I'm afraid it's far from over. Uh, let's hope we can get a pass on the positive side. Um. Look, some people believe that the NCAA invest that the NCAA is not going to come in here, and some people think that it's not over. I don't think that LSU's done with their investigation. Quite honestly, I think it was just a finding. I think that there are some people that wind up and maybe uh, might get fired. Um, I'm not in the camp because just look, the NCAA has shown us well enough that they're not they're not the easiest people to deal with with these kinds of investigations. We're going through it right now. Uh, Will Wade has, and LSU basketball has been on a two-year probation, and we still have no idea what's going to happen with Will Wade. So uh, I'm not going to say that I think that the NCAA is not going to intervene, but I'm not going to say that I think that they will either. I just feel I, I feel as if that there might be a situation where they do, and I also see a situation where they don't, but we will see. Um, Lamar says Ed has handled LSU well in the midst of controversy. He is the perfect guy for LSU football. And look, here's the problem with, with all of that, with, with all of this is, and I see a couple people asking, uh, Blaine Smith says Moscona. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say it. It was Moscona. Moscona was going out there today and he went out there this past weekend talking specifically about fire Ed Orgeron because at the end of the day, it has nothing to do that was in that investigation because he did. I would make the argument and would love to debate the man. I don't believe that he read that investigation. There's no way that he could have read that investigation and said that Ed Orgeron was uh, complicit and, and what he did when you legitimately have emails from Ed Orgeron to Verge Osbury and not get involved in sexual harassment cases and, and, and giving it over to the Title IX office. At, then, if you want him to get involved, you're wanting a head coach to investigate it. That's not going to fly here, man. Uh, but also in reference to... Um, Oh, look at here. Brandon Hollinsworth. He says, what's up, Big Daddy? It's your hashtag lanky lender. I love it. What's up, Brandon? My good friend. Y'all got to go get my, uh, holla at my boy. Um, Marvin Mackey says, that boy Geis is wild. Yeah, he is. And the, look, he needs help. He needs mental. He needs mental counseling. He needs some serious help. And you want to you want to know why teams uh, uh, didn't draft him, and that's why. I know he went in the second round to the Washington football team, but at the same time, I mean, that's why teams uh, passed on him and went with other running backs. 
Uh, Craig Schilling says, go Blake. Other Others be, are being lazy about the issue. Call them out. Well, that, and I think Craig hits the nail on the head here about specifically these guys in the LSU investigation just being specifically lazy. You cannot come with a take and you say, well, I haven't read the investigation. That's not how this works. That's not how this flies. All right, let's get to a couple more comments and then we'll get over to Mr. Ryan Leaf. Chase Orgeron, if you know the last name, you can put two and two together. What's up, Chase? What's up, my man? He says, anyone that wants Coach O fired can bite me. <laughs> okay. I dig it. Uh, Jacob Cole says, saw a snippet from Sports Illustrated that some key players from the 2019 team were brought up in the investigation. Highly doubt that. Um, I haven't read all of it yet. I, I haven't read all of that yet. So we'll continue to monitor. We will get to some LSU baseball stuff, I promise you. But I just thought that we should bring this up. Uh, uh, talking about the investigation, it's not something that we can just sweep under the rug if you're LSU. I mean, we just can't do that. All right, last one. Colin Thibodeau says, uh, ask Blake, I think part of keeping the NCAA away will be to fire anyone still left over in that time period. Yeah, I could see that. I can certainly, certainly see that. All right, let's get over to Mr. Ryan Lee. But first, got to get over to our good friend, Mr. John Patton, over at Area Home Lending, 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. If you're thinking about buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Get in touch with John Patton from Area Home Lending today, and if you mention this show, he will send his team out for a free appraisal. Again, that's 225-663-2500. 225-663-2500. Tell him Blake Rafino at AYS since you on by. Okay, we are joined by our good friend, Mr. Ryan Leaf. Ryan, what's going on today, my man? Not much. Nice day here in Southern California. Got stopped on a <laughs> hike, and now uh, got this going on. Awesome, man. Well, see, you know, Ryan, I, I kind of envy you and Jonathan Rifkin. You know, Rifkin and I were really close, and he always used to talk about, uh, oh, the weather, you know, it's 75 degrees and sunny out here. And in Louisiana, we're, we're battling an ice storm in, in, in the middle of February, you know. So you guys have the great weather. I wish I could be there with you, bro. Yeah, we got the great weather. We uh, we don't got the open uh, city, though. We've been pretty much locked down for a year uh, in this mm. in this environment. Things are gradually starting to open up a little bit more, but uh, I mean, we're doing the best we can like everybody else. Yeah, and you, well, you know who opened today, and it was really Jerry Jones with that checkbook for Dak Prescott. I mean, one of the biggest contracts, actually the biggest signing bonus for any NFL quarterback or player in all time was $66 million. Ryan, were you a little bit like me, kind of taken back that they actually signed that deal and is as big as it was, or are you just kind of like, hey, we kind of felt this one coming? Well, I, I haven't seen a quarterback play more impressively than, than Dak Prescott over the last, you know, five years, really. Uh, the team has to be better. But he is, his play, his contribution, that's what you're looking for in a franchise quarterback. And guess what? That's what the market demands now. It just does. You're going to have to pay them that type of money if you want to keep them around. You can keep franchise tagging them. They're going to make any, you know, anywhere $32, 34000000 million. And then you let them go somewhere else and uh in free agency or you lock them up and so they locked them up for four years i was telling rifkin today that uh i was born in the wrong decade when it came to playing quarterback um my contract was 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 my contract was big but it was not <laughs> not Dak prescott big right well you know it's funny too i mean I, I always make the joke if i die and come back to life ryan that i want to be a fired head coach in the sec Right, like that's my goal. I, I want to have success, but I also want to get fired for the twenty to thirty million. Right? I mean, I, I'm right there with you, uh, Ryan. I was listening to you, and I, I want to stay in the NFL and then get over to some 
some maybe some LSU and some draft prospects. Uh, Russell Wilson, I was listening to you. You really feel? Do you really feel that there's a chance that he's going to be moved from Seattle? Because here in New Orleans and here in Louisiana, everybody feels and wants the Saints to really pursue Russell Wilson. I don't know if the Saints have the capital to go get a Russell Wilson. What do you think is going to happen with that situation with Russell, even though he does have the no uh, trade clause? That's the that I think he stays in in Seattle is what I right. think happens. There's too much too much of a hit on the cap for any team to pick it up. Now, if any team does, they could they could come to Seattle with an unbelievable offer uh, of draft picks, and they have to have the the ability to take on that cap mm-hmm. hit when they when when and on that salary. So there are a lot of variables that go into it. But they could come with this great package to Seattle, and Seattle um, says, "Here, Russell, here's this deal." And Russell goes, "I'm not going there." Right. You know, he has a no trade clause. So there are so many moving parts in getting this done. I do not think they all can get lined up in lockstep to make sure that that Russell's uh, going to be somewhere else. I, I just, I just don't see it happen. As I, as I don't see Deshaun leaving Houston either. They have him over a barrel with that new contract. Only in his second year, all the big money not coming into the back end of it. So I think all the discussion around this quarterback movement and mobility this offseason is going to be for naught when both those guys are uh, suiting up and playing for their respective teams next fall. So with them bringing up an interesting point, and we have Todd in on Facebook Live that's asking the question that I was legitimately about to ask. If the Saints, for whatever reason, couldn't, or get Russell Wilson, do you think that Jameis Winston is going to be the next quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, or do you think that they try to stay with Taysom Hill? Well, from what we've heard, uh, Sean Payton's very taken with Jameis Winston. We didn't get to see much action of him, and he didn't get much playing time, so how do we know what he's going to really be like when he steps into that position? It, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm also still really interested with the, with the fact that Drew Brees hasn't come out and uh, announced his retirement yet. Uh, yeah, I, I know they uh, adjusted his contract to lower it for salary cap purposes. I, I think this this New Orleans Saints team's in a real real uh, situation when it comes to the quarterback position. Because I don't think Taysom Hill showed us anything last year that he was a franchise starting quarterback. Now he's a hybrid of, of all sorts and can do some amazing things, and they've paid him accordingly. But uh, I, I'm still interested until I hear Drew Brees utter those words, <laughs> hey, I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm going to step into that NBC Sports box and call some Notre Dame games. Um, you know, I, I, I expect him to probably be on the field next year until I hear something different. Ryan, everybody in the state of Louisiana that's either listening or watching live is giving you a round of applause because that's the central thing that they're saying, right? That they they have to see it. It's like – uh. You know, the, the old saying goes, you, you have to wait to see it before you can believe it. And that's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Drew's still working out. Ryan, he was really, um, I don't want to say it was a very bad season for, for Drew, but some sometimes it was. Do, how do you think that if he does come back, how do the Saints need to structure their team to get back to some more wins and make another playoff push? Because some people feel that, that Drew, he's just not like he used to be. What do you, do you think that, the Saints need to go full Denver the last year of Peyton Manning, or the, can they still win with Drew the way that they've been doing it over the last couple of seasons? Well, yeah, if the Denver Broncos can win in Peyton's last season, then, then the New Orleans Saints can. That defense is impressive, and uh, you know they gotta they gotta shore up some things. The cap is a big issue; it drops to 180 million. Uh, there's going to be some casualties, but that defense was was pretty special. This is also a Drew Brees and a team that beat the, the Super Bowl champions twice this year. One time humiliated them on primetime right. television 
in their own house. So, you know, let's not, you know, let's not walk away from this and thinking like the end all be all. They probably have one of the most disappointing performances in the last few years because of their ousting in the playoffs where they were so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the most wins in the regular season. They just have to translate that into the postseason and try to get them back to the Super Bowl. I think they can. If, if, if Drew Brees feels like he can compete, don't forget he got his ribs cracked, broken right. this year. He was as beat up as I've, I've ever seen him. So if he can come back healthy, and I think that's why this has taken so long, he wants to see what his body feels like fully healthy after the season's over. Now, if it's still bothersome, it's still giving him a hard time, and he just feels like he can't sacrifice that amount of time that he puts in at being the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, then I think he sets that press conference and talks to us all. But until he has that realization, I expect him to be the one suiting up at quarterback. And it's gonna that and that guy is good enough. He's much better than Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback for 16 Absolutely. weeks. And I think he's much better than Jameis Winston right now in your starting lineup for 16 weeks. I really believe that. And look, Taysom led the NFL with fumbles with 10. I mean, he he really struggled. And look, from one athlete to another, and you played at a higher level than I did, but even Phil says, I saw Drew on a sled and he looked great. I'm not sure if you saw it, Ryan, but he's going up a hill pushing a sled and a 45-pound weight on top of it where I would have a heart attack. This man is still in tip-top shape, and he's still looking good. Uh, Ryan, I want to transition over to, and I was listening to your show last week, and you talked about Trevor Lawrence. Now, the LSU fans, we had a front-row seat when Trevor Lawrence played LSU in the Superdome. He struggled that night, but other than that, a guy that's really put on, I mean, really since high school has been – I don't want to say that he's always had the spotlight on him, but you can make that argument as you did – he, he is he one of those guys is just a can't miss prospect like he's got to be the first overall pick in Jacksonville this upcoming draft right yeah no doubt right he's probably the most surefire pick since Andrew Luck when he came out um, out of Stanford um, he's got every intangible uh, he's had the spotlight on him since he was in junior high the number one recruit coming out of high school first steps on the scene at Clemson his freshman year wins a national championship and beats an undefeated Alabama team. Who, who nobody thought could get beat. So uh, he's got every quality. The detriment, it, the only detriment I see moving forward is the fact that he's going to end up a, a Jaguar. And that's <laughs> problematic because systemically right. they are a bad football team. They always have. They've never had a Hall of Famer yet. Now, Baselli may be one of those guys that goes in down the stretch, but you would have to have the type of career uh, where you're in the AFC playoffs every year competing for championships to be considered a Hall of Famer there in Jacksonville. So that's what I hope to see from Trevor. I want to see what I think. I also don't know what Urban Meyer is going to bring to the table. What happens when he has a below 500 uh, win loss record? He's never had one in his whole career. And we've seen how he's walked away when things have gotten difficult before. So what happens when this team is two or four and 12 or six and 10, you know, and they're struggling? Is he willing to lose through the development part of this? He's never been a part of that. It will be very interesting to see how both of them deal with it i know trevor will deal with it in the best possible way because he just he's just about the most mature and stand-up individual i've ever met and ryan he's i know that he's six six and i know that people know that he's tall but even seeing him in person you don't realize how big of an individual he is right like his legs his calves he's got a huge arm i mean he's not a little guy in and of itself i mean he might look like a stick on tv but when you're up and close in person the dude's just got i mean he's built he's got a good arm uh, Ryan, the only thing that, um, and you might be able to talk to this and maybe uh, ease some people because we've talked about Trevor Lawrence 
And when the stage has gotten brightest over the last two years, even though he made it to the playoffs, right? Like, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he he folds under pressure. But this kid has gone under pressure his entire life in high school, in college, and now into the NFL. You're not worried about that, right? Like, that's not a, that shouldn't be a worry at all. No, those are really good teams. LSU was amazing. Defensively. <laughs> How many of those defensive players went on to play in the NFL? And, and wreck shop this year even, so, right? You, well, you know, 11. I mean, literally 11 a, defensive guys went into the NFL on that team. It's, it's a it's – a, this is the epitome of a team game is football. And if you don't have all 11 guys functioning uh, the same way, it's going to be difficult. Don't forget the highest – he in the biggest game of his career ever as a freshman, he performed unbelievably in two of the biggest games, the win over Notre Dame in the semifinal and in the win over Alabama in the national championship. Now, he had two pro – um, wide receivers and T. Higgins and, and Justin Ross, but that doesn't matter. Uh, and everybody in the world after that that win for the national championship said the rule should exist where you should be able to come out right now because he would be the number one pick in the NFL draft right now. All any more games did for him was give people a chance to find some semblance of doubt. You know, when somebody shows you who they are for their entire career, believe them. All right, <laughs> that's who he is. My only worry about. Trevor Lawrence is exactly that, that he ends up in a place where he just disappears and no one hears from him again for the rest of his career, a la Carson Palmer in Cincinnati. Well, and an interesting thing, too, even a, a former uh, Clemson quarterback, I mean, Deshaun Watson comes back, throws 17 interceptions in his last season at Clemson, and he falls down draft boards, and then he, all he does is he goes into the NFL and he just destroys people, right? I mean, it, it, it's a it's crazy how that works out, and you're right. The film's not going to lie. He's, he's a great quarterback. Uh, a big debate, Ryan, has been going on in Louisiana because you have Devontae Smith, a wide receiver from Louisiana who went to Alabama, and Jamar Chase, who opted out this last season. When you've seen those two guys, if it were you and you were making the decision, who would you go with and why if you were going to be the starting quarterback or GM? Which one of those two guys would you want to be throwing the ball to? Well, at the NFL level, you know, Jamar Chase has just a little more size, and that might be that might be just a little variable that gets him over the hump and maybe sets him up to go higher. Uh, but Devontae Smith is proven that his his size doesn't mean has, has meant nothing i mean the way he demolished the tigers this year when they played lsu it was it was an unbelievable showing uh, he was not afraid to be physical he was not afraid to go up uh, and high point the ball um from what i've seen last now I, if i go back and watch every snap of film jamar chase from the last few years since he opted out this year the last thing i i remember seeing is Devonte smith winning a Heisman Trophy, mm-hmm. and uh, I know a lot of people believe if Jamar Chase would have played the season, he would have been up there in the debate of best all-around player to be drafted overall in this this draft. But as of right now, I'm gonna, I'm going with Devontae Smith just because uh, it's the last thing I've seen, and he's been he was absolutely unstoppable on the perimeter in the slot anywhere that Steve Sarkeesian decided to move him around and make plays, he got it done. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I feel like it's a fit for some teams. I, I don't know if the size really worries me for Devontae Smith. I mean, if it were going to be a problem, Ryan, it would already be a problem, right? Like, it would have happened during college, too. But the kid was always out I, there. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just like Tua. I think that's why the problem is so Tua is just so undersized in, in, in mobility. That's why he's always going to have a problem at the NFL level. And he didn't have that in college. You know, mm-hmm. he could maneuver and get things done in college. Because guys were wide open, they run wide open in the NFL. There's just it's a it's a more physical game. 
you got 300 pounders who can chase you down at the quarterback <laughs> position before you could run away from them in college. It's, it's, it's a different speed. It's a different animal. You're going to get hit differently, thrown to the ground differently if you were Devontae Smith. It just, it's just the case. He's, he's had the next closest possible thing playing in the SEC, don't get me wrong. But even the best SEC team over the decades, LSU's from two years ago, doesn't beat the worst NFL team. So, right. you know, that's, it's, it's a different animal. It really, really is. Ryan, when we're looking at quarterbacks in the draft, and I know we've talked about some two, two of the top guys, is there a guy in this class that you're just like, look, I don't know why people are putting him here. I see that this kid's doing good. I'll give an example. You know, I know Mac Jones is climbing up some boards, but Mac Jones, you know, they have a lot of people have him going to the Saints in the mid-20s. Is there a quarterback out there that you've seen or, or studied that you're like, man, this kid is a sleeper and he's going to be a huge pickup for one of these NFL teams uh, in this coming draft? Yeah, Davis Mills out of Stanford. He, he uh, When he got on campus, he really was uh, considered to be the next Andrew Luck. First-round talent. He's only started 12 games. He's been often injured. He chose to come out and declare for the draft. I thought it was a mistake. I thought he should come back. He could arguably be the number one draft pick a year from now, maybe up against Sam Howell. But he chose to come out, and I think he might be in the late second, early third round area. And if you're a team out there that gets him, you could be getting a guy with some first-round talent uh, in that position. If that's the case, uh, he could really be a steal. Yeah, his name has kind of been incoming, and I haven't studied him a lot. I know that Jonathan Rifkin, who used to do a Pac-12 show with us, talked about him a lot. It would be very interesting to see how he climbs up the boards and where he gets taken. Uh, Ryan, a couple more and we'll get you out of here. I greatly appreciate you joining us. Uh, I kind of want to go a little bit back in college since we were talking about the Pac-12. It feels like the Pac-12 hasn't been able to get over that hump that they've been on, uh, getting back into the college football playoff. How do you think a team like a USC or Stanford or Oregon, what do they need to do to get back there uh, and, and be, I don't want to say relevant because I feel like USC, Oregon, and these teams are always relevant. I, I don't know why people say that, in my opinion. But what do you think that they need to do to get over that hump and start making pushes inside of college in the college football playoff? Well, you need an elite team. You need a team. I mean, if you know the ACC isn't all that good. The SEC, from top to bottom, isn't as good as the Pac-12. Um, you know, the Big 12 is the same. Oklahoma's always at the top. What's it about the Big Big Ten, right? It's, it's Ohio State. You have to be an elite team. And you know what? I, I've fought this tooth and nail on whether or not I like the Pac-12 conference when I don't know who's going to win every single weekend. Like when I watch USC play, uh, you know, Stanford, I don't know who's going to win that game. When I watch Oregon go on the road and play Washington State, I, I don't know who's going to win that game because they're so highly competitive. From top to bottom, it's the most competitive conference in the country. But it doesn't get you into the college football playoff because most likely you're not going to have an undefeated team, so you won't be highly highly ranked enough to get into the college football playoff. What needs to change is the idea that only four teams can make it in. I used to think that was pretty cool, you know, the elite of the elite get in. But what we've done is we've isolated and we have ostracized almost everybody else in college football. It's going to be Clemson, it's going to be Alabama, and it's going to be Ohio State. Every other year, Oklahoma may throw their hat in the ring, maybe LSU or somebody may have something else to say, Georgia, you know, but that's it. And when you're doing that, no one cares about college football anymore. We don't care. You're ruining the sport. It doesn't mean that Alabama isn't going to be playing Clemson or Ohio State for the national championship. It most likely is going to, but we need to expand it and allow more teams to be involved. So further down the year, 
we have more excitement around it. Uh, uh, an Oregon can get in with two losses because of the Pac-12 champs. I think that's the next necessary step. I'm just don't know if they're going to do it or not. How many teams would you put in? Would you put six or eight, or, or how many teams would you let into a playoff? Well, we've clearly shown this year we can play you know as many conference games as we want to play. We can play straight up conference games. That it, and, and maybe a non conference. So, you know, I, I, maybe I'm an eight guy. Um, you know, maybe I'm even high as a sixteen guy. Really, um, you know, if if you want to keep the cap at fifteen games for a champion then um, you're just going to have to play less of a regular season, you know, more more straight-up conference games. Make it as difficult as possible. Maybe a, a non-conference game in the pool. But, but yeah, I, I think it. I think what, what the college football playoff is doing, the all-in every Tuesday night, which means nothing on Tuesday nights except for drama that ESPN built, is, you know, all it does is, is, is uh, um, remove themselves from the bigger narrative. And they're going to be their own worst enemy when people stop watching because the games don't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always said to, I thought it could be six, like maybe the first two get a bye, but I kind of agree with you. I I want a little bit of an expansion, but Ryan, and last question, and we'll get you out of here. I know that a lot of those teams are are in the top, meaning it's always going to be Alabama, Clemson, uh, Alabama, Clemson, or or, or whoever it might be, but it's always kind of chalky. What happens if you expand it, and let's just say, for example, a Wisconsin who might slip in, plays in Alabama and gets destroyed? Uh, does that matter. really matter? They're, they're part of it. The, they got, they got, they fought their way in and got in. You know, the result's going to be the result, right? Right. Oregon gets in and plays Alabama and gets destroyed. Tell me how the the, the semifinals haven't been destruction viewing anyway. They were destroyed. <laughs> they, they were terrible right. games this year. They've been. They've been terrible games most of the time. So, hey, but guess what? This year, like a like a, uh, out of the sixteen, like uh, the eight eight nine matchup this this year would have been like BYU Coastal Carolina, which was probably the best college football game of the year. Right, so you're I agree. Get with some that. better semifinals. Mm-hmm. You know what? You might get the blowout from Alabama, but guess what? Doesn't matter if Alabama's playing sixteen or playing four. There was going to be a blowout anyway. Yeah, and look, you don't know what's going to happen if a team gets hot anyway. You know, a team wins the first playoff. I mean, I thought that one of the better games I saw was when LSU beats Oklahoma, and they take that and they go into beating Clemson and their defense that had been struggling. I somewhat agree with that. Ryan Leaf is our guest. Ryan, I greatly appreciate you joining us. I know that you got the new show going on. I've been watching every day that I can and all the clips. It's been fantastic. Tell everybody where they can follow your show and everything that you guys are doing. Yeah, we just launched the uh, Ryan D. Leaf show uh, on YouTube. So you can go there to subscribe. We're noon to Pacific, noon to one Pacific every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, kind of getting everybody, uh, you know, affiliated with it. You can follow me on all my social media platforms at at Ryan D. Leaf, and uh, just just keep doing what you're doing, uh, talking sports, bringing people together. That's what our that's what our plan is. So we're excited and we're happy we're doing it. Absolutely, thanks, my man, and we'll we'll have to bring you on again. And thank you so much for joining us. You bet, brother. Take it easy. All right. That is Mr. Ryan Leaf with the RDL show. That was fantastic. As Craig Schilling says here, love Ryan Stakes. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, guy that played quarterback at the highest level, former number two overall pick. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, let's get to a quick break or a quick ad, and then we'll uh, we'll get back into some LSU and some, and some talking points here. I and mean, he, he commented earlier, you, got, you guys got to go see my good friend, Mr. Richie Roche, 
over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. If you want the best-looking yard in your neighborhood, give Mr. Richie Roche a call today, 225-937-7220, because you deserve it. And our law firm over at AYS is the Drake Law Firm, personal injury, criminal defense, real estate, and successions. There's nothing that they can't do. Go see them in downtown Ponchatoula today at 164 West Pine Street. That's 164 West Pine Street. And tell them your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino at AYS, sent you on by. Uh, Angela says, do you follow Nola Gold? No, I don't. Uh, on, no, I, I, maybe I do, but I don't. If If I do, let me rephrase this. If I do, I don't. I didn't know that I did. Let me just say that. I did, I just didn't know that. Tim Graves says, great show, man. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, that was really good, man. Ryan's fantastic. Y'all got to go listen to his shows. I mean, he covers more of the national. And I know we talk a lot of LSU here. Uh, but he covers a lot of national stuff. And look, his breakdowns on like a, a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever it might be is always great because he's been in that, literally been in that position. He's literally been in Trevor Lawrence's position which is absolutely fantastic and great insight from him. Uh, look, I know that LSU – I want to say this too. Uh, I know that LSU baseball struck, had played uh, their series against Oral Roberts um, this past weekend, and I knew that as soon as LSU lost Sunday that there was going to be a lot of text, a lot of tweets, uh, f- even people on Facebook saying, fire Paul Maneri. He's just like Les Miles. He's a f- uh, baseball version of Les Miles. Guys – I agree with you, and girls, I do agree with you that there's no reason and no, no, none, why LSU should fall in a series to Oral Roberts. There's no reason that LSU should lose 22-7 on an opener with Jaden Hill that's your ace. I understand that. I'm right there with you with all of that. However, I'm not going to hit the panic button yet. We do realize... That Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, and Brady Drost are all true freshmen hitting one, two, and three in your lineup. Now, I know that I've seen a lot of people saying that they want Dylan Cruz third in the lineup, batting third. And I'm not going to really argue that or dispute that. Some people want to see him driving more runs. People want to see him in the three holes because he can, you know, you can get Trey Morgan on base, hit a big bomb, and you're up two, two nothing instead of one nothing. And I get all of that. You know, but an interesting thought, and I was listening to my cousins uh, Clay and Evan, who are coaches at Franklinton High School, and their dad, Jeff, has been uh, the head coach of Franklinton for over 30 years. And something interesting for me is that sometimes stats don't lie. Now, a lot of times I come on here and say stats do lie. But did you know that Dylan Cruz was hitting, hitting 200 with not even runners in scoring position, but runners on base and runners in scoring position, hitting below 200, I think it was 125 or 111, whatever it was, he's hitting 200. That might be a reason why Paul Maneri has put Dylan Cruz in the start. Now he's going to get more bats. He's going to see more bats in the game, maybe 20 to 30 more bats if you get even midway through the SEC season. So I understand what Paul's doing. Uh, and Paul pretty much said that is that sometimes you got to take things off of guys, all the pressure off of guys. That Dylan Cruz might be feeling that he has to produce and always drive in runs. And when he leads off, all he really has to do is just get on base and drive the ball. 
So I'm not going to overreact with Dylan Cruz leaning off for this LSU baseball team, but I'm also not going to sign a petition. Somebody sent me a petition today uh, in reference to telling Paul Maneri that he needs to put Dylan Cruz uh, in, in the three-hole. So I, I'm not I'm not going to do that. Uh, Craig Schilling says, Ask Blake, did the naked Jake Bird survive his bath? Yeah, it sounds like he did. It sounds like he did. He he you normally likes it. You know, we're going through these terrible twos, Craig. We're going through the terrible twos. So uh he's he's dude, he's so funny though, man. He's so funny. Um oh man. But yes, it sounds like he did. Let's see, Darren says Moscona stirs the pot to get ratings. He usually makes no sense. Well, look, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to punch down Moscona, but his take because I do feel like it's a personal vendetta for Matt. Because that he, you know, if you guys don't remember Matt Moscona, you know, at 104.5, he said that LSU should hire Tom Herman. LSU doesn't hire Tom Herman. They hire Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron hears what Matt Moscona was saying. And then, per Matt, he gets kind of blackballed. But, again, if you're not going to read – if you're not going to read the transcripts and everything that was going on in Title IX, you don't. Then you can't possibly say uh, that you know everything that's going on. Let's see. Paul Brown says, "Good evening, Blake. You're you are insightful and love the show. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that, man." Blaine says, "I haven't watched an NBA All Star game in a decade. How about y'all? I watched a little bit of it last night. I, I watched a three point challenge with Steph Curry. I thought that look, Steph is just from another planet." Like, I hope in this new Space Jam 2 movie they take Steph Curry's powers or something because the dude is just from another planet. The way that that dude shoots threes is just ungodly. Like, how does he do what he does? It's unreal. And Blaine, too. I was glad to see Zion Williamson get the start. I know that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid had the barber that had the Rona. Um, So, I hate that for them, though. Aaron says, I'm going to have to stop following Matt uh, if he's going to be like that. Well, he was like that. He was like that. So, we'll see. Uh, Last question. We'll get on out of here. Travis says, sucks about LSU losing the series, but our Lions got to sweep against Troy. I saw that uh, this weekend, at least. Yeah, I saw that. Um, You know what's interesting, really, in all of this is that, yes, I agree you cannot lose a series. But I think in baseball, sometimes people hit the panic button just way too early. And if, you know, like, for example, I asked uh, Zach Pearson this past Wednesday if he's a little worried about uh, Devin Fontenot. You know, Devin blew two saves. He came up, uh, he came in and gave two gave up two runs. Or no, what? no, that was Helmers. No, yeah, Helmers gave up two runs, but he gave up a, another run. And he kind of got rocked a little bit, right? Um, I think it's 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 a good take to say that you're monitoring the situation, but for a full-blown, full-out, just saying completely you're writing this team off, I can't go there yet, y'all. I, I, I can't go there yet. And by the way, we're, it's March the 8th. It's March the 8th. Now, again, you shouldn't lose. And LSU fell to number 18 in the coaches poll um, in baseball, but still. Let's see. Blake Schilling says, impressed with the guest. You're killing it, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, Ryan Leaf was awesome. 
All I do is ask these guys. And Jonathan Rifkin, actually, you guys might remember Jonathan Rifkin, who was a part of AYS. He sent me a text, and, and we started talking, and he said, hey, I'm doing the Ryan Lee show. You should have Ryan on. So it was it was fantastic, and Ryan's fantastic, dude. I mean, he he's great to talk to. Uh, Brian Viator says, in your opinion, Blake, what will the occupation max in Tiger Stadium be on opening day? I, I'm not really sure, Brian. Um, I, I, like everybody, I hope that everything gets back to normal. I know that a lot of people are working very hard to get things back to normal. Um, I mean, I want to say, and I, I want to stay hopeful and positive. I want to say stay positive and let's say 100. I don't know if it'll be there. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you got teams like uh, places like Alabama uh, that want their full state, want a full stadium, and I hope that we are too, and I hope that we're able to get that. All right, guys, my name is Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. Everybody, before we leave, go over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button if you have not done so already. It is free. We're closing in on the 1,000 subscriber mark. Please do us that favor and do that. Uh, and we will see you guys again maybe tomorrow evening. We might go on a little bit later since we have some uh, some baseball. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, but until then, we will see you guys hopefully tomorrow. We'll see. And you all have a good night. Peace out, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.